Welcome to Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. My name is Ben Wilson, and we have an awesome episode for you this week. We are joined by author and homeschooling mom of five, Jamie Erickson. She has a ton of encouragement to share that will help you enjoy each day that you get with your kids. We also interviewed Jamie back on episode 30, so if you'd like to hear more from her, go listen to that episode. Before we begin, I also want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler. You can check out a free demo of their new 4.0 version of the curriculum over on their website, teachingtextbooks.com. Also, we still have some of the daily calendars for both men and women over on our website. These are awesome ways to help encourage friends and family and make great Christmas gifts. Well, let's get going. Here's my dad, Ted Wilson. I am. Ben, you said it's been a minute since we... Is that like a phrase that people use nowadays? I don't know. I've heard other people say it. Maybe it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm like, I'll see you in a minute. I've heard that, but you know, it just means it's been a while, you know, it's been at least a minute. So hot minute. Yeah. 90 90 weeks. Okay. Okay. A hot minute. (laughs) Well, uh, Hey everybody. I'm We're glad to be back. We were down in sunny Florida. Um, we don't, we didn't get any suntan, but we did see some manatees. We had a good time. Um, and I'm going to forego the chit chat. Um, so we can get right into what we're going to talk about. Um, uh, I will say that uh, as we are only, I mean, we're getting close to like 15 days away from Christmas, which is just freaking me so out. Because fast. I, just can't believe it. I can't believe it. I mean, I feel like we should have, I was thinking, you know, people who live in Canada, they have like their Thanksgiving in October. I'm thinking that's a good time. to, And then you can celebrate all that time in between. Um, because it just feels like we're going to run out of time. We, we have totally. all these Christmas shows we always watch, and we haven't watched any of them. Uh, and gifts to buy and things to do. And, uh, you know, it's easy to feel like you're on kind of on a treadmill uh, or that hamster wheel. Maybe that's a better description, um, especially if you homeschool, because you're thinking you're feeling the guilt of like, oh, I got to get this done. We're still, you know, we're, we, we're only halfway through. We're never going to make it to Christmas. And you're trying to cram that all in and still trying to feel all that. Um, And I was, someone sent me a page or actually a page and a half out of Jamie's book, um, uh, Homeschool Bravery. Is that right? Bravely, Homeschool Bravely. And I was just intrigued by the topic, but I'm not going to introduce that yet. Um, So we're glad to have Jamie Erickson with us. And Jamie, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself or tell our, our listeners about yourself? Well, I am the college sweetheart of a former homeschooler. He homeschooled back in the 80s and 90s when it was super weird. (laughs) And he survived. He's a a regular contributing member of society. So let's all be buoyed by that. Um, (laughs) I was a former teacher for years. I was in the classroom. And then when I had my own kids, I decided that I would bring the learning home and I've been homeschooling ever since. So I have five kids that have only ever been schooled from home, but that wasn't always the plan. I'd say that that was my plan B and God's plan A. Hmm. So uh, then how did you get into, you know, encouraging other homeschoolers? Well, originally, I never thought I would homeschool. In fact, my sweet mother-in-law, when even before I had kids, asked me if I would ever consider homeschooling. And I looked her in the face and said, absolutely not. Hard pass. No, thanks. I think I even laughed a little bit because it was so out of my scope. Why would any mother ever want to do that? Um, And And it was just out of ignorance. I just didn't know what homeschooling really was and what a delight it can actually be. 
And it was right after I had my first baby, I looked down at this little pink bundle that the doctor had handed me. And, you know, as any mother can attest to, I had this instant rush of love for her. And I just couldn't imagine myself sending her off for six to eight hours a day for somebody else to teach and train, you know, because I had been in the classroom, I realized that I would only ever get the leftovers um, because I saw that that's what happened. And I often say that teaching in the classroom really ruined me for anything but homeschooling. Hmm. That's, that's was it your husband's idea? Was he, I mean, since he was homeschooled, was he, what, did, did he bring that up as an option or? He actually was a little leery about homeschooling and not because of homeschooling itself, but just because, you know, when he did homeschool back in the 80s and 90s in a really small podunk town, he was it. There weren't very many other homeschoolers at the time. And now in that same town, there's a really vibrant homeschooling community, much in part due to my mother-in-law's work way back in the fray. But at the time, there weren't a lot of homeschoolers his age. And he, that was his frame of reference. Um, a lack of social spheres, a lack of friends, feeling lonely, feeling isolated. And he just didn't want that for his kids. And um, what changed his mind was he agreed to let me do it for preschool because how could I possibly mess up preschool, right? And um, he just happened to be at home sick one day and he watched as we did our little fun learning. Really, it was just glorified play is what it was. And we were involved at that time with a couple of other um, soon to be homeschool hopefuls that were doing preschool. And he saw that there really was a vibrant, really robust homeschooling community around us and that it had really evolved in 20 years. So, I mean, you mentioned obviously that that change in that 20 years. So how did it look for you back when you first started homeschooling? And then, you know, how has that changed over the over the years now? Because how old is your oldest now? Uh, she's a senior. She, she's, a senior. she's actually okay. taking awesome. dual enrollment um, yeah. through co- through a university online. So yeah, so I don't do very years. much with her anymore. <laughs> yeah. So like most homeschoolers, I had to evolve too. You know, I was coming out of the classroom, and I really had been trained um, to see or to view education to look a certain way and be mm-hmm. a certain way, and I really had to spend quite a lot of time unlearning what learning looks like and relearning what it can actually be. And so I brought a lot of that classroom into my home. I don't recommend that, by the way. Um, And so it took me a couple of years before I could really get my sea legs under me and really step into the freedom that Mm -hmm. homeschooling offers. And, And I say that because I hope that that gives um, some listeners out there a little bit of hope I, I recently talked to a n- brand new homeschooling mom and she says, Jamie, I wish that I could do homeschooling like you do. So, so um, organic and very passion driven. I'm so chained to the workbook. I don't know what's wrong with me. And I just encouraged her that, you know, it really takes about three years for most moms to really find the homeschool mom that God designed them to be. You know, you you step into that first year and, and you're marching to the orders of the curriculum guide and and maybe your you know ghost of home of schooling past of what you think education is supposed to look like and it takes you that one year to to sort of um, slough that off. And then you go through a year of sort of testing the waters, maybe um, stepping out away from the curriculum guide and and being a little more free and by year three 
you feel more like a person again. You feel more like a homeschool mom that you're supposed to be and not the one you think you're supposed mm. to be. Do you think it helps too that, uh, you, you know, as your kids get a little bit older and you find out, yes, they can learn how to read and yeah. they, they do have some interest because I know there are a lot of moms, you know, who might've been doing it for a little while and their kids are still young and they're still thinking, oh man, yeah, but you know, they're not get, they're not picking up algebra two yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're going to be messed over if they don't get algebra two in. Um, does that come along too? Yeah, I think I'm a much more relaxed homeschool mom in the same way that we become more relaxed moms by our second and third baby right. because we see, oh, I didn't screw up the first one. Or, you know, we get a few years down the road and see that what we had done, you know, I'm seeing some of the fruit of all of that sewing, you know? And so it's the same way with homeschooling. Now that my daughter is a senior, I'm seeing the fruit of all of those years sewing and, and realize, you know, I probably can just tamp it back a bit. I don't have to be so stressed out. It's all gonna work out in the end. So I think I do have a bit of an advantage in that regard because I am a further down the journey with my olders. So now my youngers get a much more relaxed, hopefully more pleasant mom. <laughs> And you still have those moments where you think they're not going to ever get this. Even the young ones. I mean, even when you, I've talked to moms who've graduated like 12 children and they have one left and they think, I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. They're never going to get this, you know? Yep. That's, that is the sneakiest trick of the enemy to, mm -hmm. to make you want to, to knock you off your course and make you feel inept and unable and uncapable. That's his uh, wiliest way, I think. So, you well, know, oh, so this year, you know, there are obviously a ton of new homeschoolers overall. Uh, it's been, you know, a lot of people schooling from home now. Uh, you know, obviously, if someone's already listening to this, most likely they've already started homeschooling and they think they are at least willing to try, you know, in terms of capability. But I was just talking to someone uh, the last couple of days where uh, they're like, oh, I just, you know, I don't know how most people think they'd be qualified or good, you know, can smart enough to even teach their kids. Like, you know, teachers are, you know, they go through all the schooling and everything. Since you have been there, you know, if someone is talking to these moms who are like, oh, there's no way I'm smart enough. I don't know how to do those things. You know, I don't have the training. What would you say, you know, to those moms who have that fear of I'm not good enough or smart enough or capable enough to ever homeschool? Um, well, two things come to mind. I, I think it's a real sad, um, a real sad product that we come to when we think that the system that's designed to teach and train in 12 years leave us all with feelings of, I can't teach a, a kindergartner. If you get to the end of 12 years and you still feel so inept that you can't teach the ABCs to your five-year-old, then that system is broken. And why are we trusting it? Um, secondly, as a, a trained teacher, I can say, now I'm not, I am not negating all of the hard work that I put in for those four years, nor the hard work that other, other teachers, licensed teachers, diploma teachers have. But after experiencing all of that, I would say all of that training that I received can be summed up in this. It was really to help me learn to control a herd. It gave me a lot of school skills, things that are necessary and good over there in the brick and mortar school. Those types of skills that I needed to be able to teach the masses and, and mostly control the masses. But it had very little to do with actual learning. And, and teaching children. God designed every child with a natural curiosity. And as a homeschool mom, all I have to do is chase that 
curiosity down and, and make sure that it doesn't get squelched, ignite a passion or cultivate that passion in my kid. And, and no amount of, of teaching expertise is ever going to be better than that because then I'm setting them up to be able to learn all on their own apart from me. Well, real quick here, I just want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks. Um, they are the math curriculum that our families used and that literally thousands of other homeschoolers have used. And uh, the reason that we've worked with them now and have, have encouraged to others to use them is because we truly believe in them and we believe that they do help more homeschoolers smile. Um, but they have a new 4.0 4 version that just launched here within the last month or so. Uh, it is better than ever. It includes a ton of new features, new animations, um, new search features. They can work Work out the problem right within the math program. Uh, so if you if you you know have those kids who you want to ha let them you know kind of be a little bit more independent, but you can still totally check in on their progress, see how they're doing. Um, then then teaching textbooks is is an awesome option. Uh, they have monthly monthly plans, so you don't even have to uh, you know go out and buy the whole curriculum in one big go. Um, you can just pay per month, and it's for family plans as well. Uh, but it works on basically any device as an internet browser, so you don't even have to install it on anything. So um, definitely go check them out over at teachingtextbooks.com for a free trial. And there's a demo of the new version. So we definitely encourage you to do that. Okay. Well, Jamie, um, the, the reason, you know, that I guess I, I brought you back on the show was because a mom sent me a, uh, a photograph out of your book. And she was really concerned that maybe she was bake, brave, breaking in copyright rules by doing that. Um, so I so I said she was okay. Um, but she sent it to me like this direct up and down. And so I printed it off so I could read it. So we'll see. I'm going to just read a couple paragraphs. And I, I assume you'll remember writing it. But I know that after some time passes by, you're like, man, that's pretty good. Who wrote that? You know, so, uh, I don't think so, but we'll see if we'll this sounds familiar. It says this past year, my husband and I have replaced two couches a lamp, an entire room's worth of carpet, several rooms worth of paint, and two bunks beds with all the trimming, while beginning major demolition on a back patio. My needs to be uh, repaired or replaced list is lengthier than the tax code. And it uh, I, it's hard for me to read some of these words because it's bent over. Um, earns that clutter and dust have inadvertently become my new decorating theme. I've got my fingers crossed, hoping that messy will be the new clean in all the spring design catalogs but that's probably a gross overreach of optimism. If my children were sent off to school each day, I'd get a respite. I'd get my solid, I'd get the solitude my soul craves someday. And I think those are a good word, crave someday. My house would be empty. My furniture would have a longer lifespan. My rooms would stay clean. I can hear mom's drooling in the background. And then what? Although it would be nice to be able to actually use my antique buffet table to serve food instead of as a science project display case. Proverbs 14.4 helps adjust my perspective. And it says, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. ox. One day my manger, and you have that in quotation marks, will be clean, but it will, un will undoubtedly also be empty so should you happen to drop over unannounced please uh excuse the mess i'm preparing for abundant crops someday and when i read that i mean the mom who sent it to me i mean she got it and when i read it i like that is so good because i never really 
I've heard that passage before. What does that mean to you? I mean, I mean, I know you read it, you wrote it, and that's what it meant. But what does it really mean to you? It can be very overwhelming as a mom, especially someone who tends to lean towards the type A, to feel like, like you had said, a hamster on a wheel, constantly spinning plates. You know, there's that funny meme that goes around, cleaning a house with kids in it is like brushing your teeth while eating Oreos. <laughs> that can feel very real, very tangible to me as a mom when I have a misplaced vision for what this is supposed to be. Um, but when I can remember and realize, yeah, someday my house will be clean. I think of my mom who raised four daughters and now, you know, she'll sweep her floor every single day, admitting there's nothing really to sweep. It's just out of habit. Someday I'll be there and my floors will be clean and my furniture will stay intact and I won't have fingerprints on the wall and all the groceries will stay in my cupboard for longer than a hot second, but my house will be empty. And I know I am living my very best days right now. They're hard, but they're the best. And I have to step away from all the mess for a second, not be so myopic looking directly ahead in front of me um, and remember, I'm going to miss these days someday. And I, I don't want to be so frustrated in them that I, that I miss them right now while I'm living them. So I was just... You know, Oh, go ahead, Ben. No, I was just talking to someone recently and, you know, and have you heard, you know, the Mary, I think it's actually a book as well, but it's like how to be a Mary in a Martha world. I don't, I haven't read it. My wife was going through it recently, um, but it's that idea of, you know, Martha had all these things to get done. Mary, you know, listen to, uh, listens to Jesus and he says, this is the right thing. Um, but we were talking and, you know, someone's like, but I have to do all the other things. Like I have to get everything done and I have to, you know, if it doesn't, then when is it going to get done? You know, and it's, and and there's a lot of justification, you know, it seems like, but is that justification? And what would you say, or what would your response be to that idea of, well, I have to get everything clean and I have to, you know, I have all these things I have to do. Well, even before you answer that, Jamie, I was, I didn't read the next paragraph because you, you started to do what almost a lot of speakers feel like we have to do. Cause you said, don't mistake my sincerity in this. I'm not uh, ad advocating laziness, you know? Because I feel like sometimes we have to say those things. Like, no, 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 I don't mean go ahead, be a slob, you know, and let mold grow on your couch. Right. But it's too bad that we have to say that. Because, right. it, you know, I wish we didn't have to. I wish you could have just have stopped right there. Um, but how do you do that? So when the mom says, like Ben said, well, you know, well, so I'm just never going to do math again because I'm just going to have fun. We're just fighting that, like, that. Well, I, you know, you already kind of mentioned it, like type A specifically, where your personality is kind of like, I have my checklist. And once the checklist is done, then the other stuff, which is less important, you know, can then be addressed versus, you know, maybe it's a priorities thing. I don't know, uh, in terms of what, what has the most value long term. Yeah. And it's the other factor there that I, I maybe I'm speaking on behalf of women and maybe it's not just a women's issue. I kind of think it is, but <laughs> I think women live in the tension of, or at least moms live in the tension of, I also need to be teaching and training my kids how to clean up this mess. Mm -hmm. And so I have to, I have to be comfortable with maybe some, sometimes subpar cleaning while also teaching them to get it done the right way. And how do I do that without being a tyrant and ogre? Um, 
And so therein is the tension. I would say there's no one easy formula, but I think for me, when I see um, my house is going to pot and everything is, is becoming chaotic and, you know, I live best at the intersection of clean and organized, like a lot of women do. And so I just operate best emotionally and relationally when I'm not surrounded by chaos and clutter. And so when I feel the, you know, the claws coming out, the hair on the back of my neck, you know, standing on end, when I feel like my voice is getting to that, that weird level and I'm starting to become angry, I often have to step back and say, wait a minute here. Yes, there's mess, but have I taught and trained my kids to clean up that mess? Have I done the training? Have I taught them good habits? Have I demonstrated those good habits? And even more so, after I've taught and trained, have I actually um, been faithful to deal with small struggles before they balloon into bigger ones? Or have I just let things slide so much and they're sort of getting to a rolling boil and now are exploding on me? Um, so I have to admit, and this might not be another mom's problem, but I know this is my problem. Oftentimes when I'm to that point where I just can't take the mess anymore, I kind of have to point the finger a little bit at myself and realize, oh, I just haven't been doing my due diligence and been faithful to teach and to train when things are not chaotic, when my voice isn't raised and my neck hair isn't hackled. Um, so that's part of it. And then some of it is just reminding myself that I can only do today what today allows. I can only do the things that God has put in front of me and I cannot take on all the problems of the world. And some of it is just being able to shrug your shoulders and say, oh, well, it's going to look like that because in the end, homeschooling is a grand trade-off. I've given up a lot to be able to teach my kids at home. And part of that trade-off is having a pristine Pinterest worthy house. I made that choice. So that's the house I have to live in. And really that is, I mean, it's a daily choice. Don't you right. think? I mean, it is a, because like you said, if you're a type A person and I talk to lots of moms and I think 98% of you are, um, because that's why you homeschool, right. um, that, that you do have to kind of go with the truth that you have to bring yourself back to over and over again, that, okay, this stuff, this cleanness doesn't matter. You know, these kids, because that Mary and Martha's, you know, account, the saddest part of the whole thing is that Martha had Jesus right there and she missed him, right. you know, because she was too busy doing her stuff. And I think, wouldn't it be sad if we spent a whole lifetime homeschooling our kids for that 12 plus years and we missed them, you yeah. know? So how do you, you know, so, so what do you do though? I, cause I know I, again, moms are, are, are asking you know, when everything in you wants to have those things, or even at Christmas time, you know, uh, not everybody can see you because some people are going to see this on, or listen to this on a podcast, but I see a nicely decorated Christmas tree behind you and it looks like a Hallmark movie, you know, <laughs> um, you know, because they've got all these things they want to do and, uh, you know, they want to do cookies and they want to have the pretty Christmas tree and their Christmas tree looks lopsided. And all the ornaments are at the bottom or all the ornaments are all messed up. And, and 
how do you do that and homeschool and be a mom in the midst of it? Well, I'll, t- I'll give you some practical thoughts in just a second, but I, I want to get back to just a second. Um, we have, a lot of us have this idea as homeschool moms, the, uh, we toss around these nebulous words like passion directed learning and let them chase their passions mm-hmm. and let them become bored so that they can do more exploratory organic learning. That's great. But all of that comes with a certain amount of mess, does it not? You know, if if my child, if my son drags out all of his painting project, we're going to have a whole lot of mess on our hands. Mm-hmm. So that has to be a conscious decision where you have to say, what is important here? And at the end of this journey, when I look ahead 12 years down the road, what do I hope those kids to be like? What do I hope they're their memory of their homeschool days to be? What do I hope um, my memory of our homeschool days to be? What is the answer to those questions? And chances are nobody's going to answer clean mopped floor and, you know, heavily dusted, you know, that's probably never been a regret of someone dying, you know, as I didn't clean enough. That's not going to be something on our top five list. It's just not. And so, I have to remind myself that a mom has to remind herself that and, and plan for with the end in mind. And so sometimes it really does take a very intentional, conscious effort to be the yes mom to say, Mm. yep, you can drag out that paint Yep, You can drag out that glitter. I'd also argue that's a great time to say, we're going to, I'm going to teach them how to bring out that, you know, sand and water bucket put some parameters and some boundaries on it saying, you know, if the sand goes out of the bucket, I'm sorry, the playtime is done and we won't be able to drag it out tomorrow. That will help a whole lot when you're, when you're training in good habits. But I think we'd all be better served at the end of these 12 years. Mm-hmm. If we're more of a yes mom than a no mom, mm. but getting back to the Christmas and, and, you know, trying to add in this really big thing called the Christmas season into our already busy schedules. You know, the the laws of physics say in order to add a busy thing, one big thing into a space, you have to take something else out of the space to let it fit. So you have to look at your schedule and decide, okay, I have all these things. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I'm a friend. And now I also have to be the, the Christmas magic maker. Something has to be taken out of the space in order to put this new thing in. Um, I think most homeschoolers fall, at least at Christmas time, into three categories. You know, you have the ones that will say, we're just going to be business as usual. And we're going to do, you know, the math and the language and all the things. And then we'll add in Christmas where it's appropriate and and where we can. There's the other um, homeschoolers that are more like Christmas schoolers that'll say, I'm going to take the whole month of December off and we're going to school a little bit more organically and we're going to let baking be our math for the day and um, arts and crafts, making Christmas ornaments be our extracurriculars, those types of things. And then we have the school light homeschoolers where they'll say, I'm going to do maybe one or two core subjects and fill in the rest of the time with some of these special magical moments that I want my kids to remember for Christmas. Mm. Here's the thing. None of those three are wrong or better or right. And I've done a combination of all of those in my homeschooling journey. Mm. Everybody's going to have a different capacity as a mom and only you can decide 
what your capacity is, but don't allow what you see that other homeschooler doing on Instagram. Don't lay that over your life and assume that it's going to look exactly the same because that mom has a different capacity than you do. She has a different amount of commitment to this thing than you do. She has different responsibilities than you do. So I'd say my biggest trick is to just find out what your capacity is and be willing to honor that guilt-free. And do you think that's the heart? I mean, because really, I mean, there are lots of moms who could care less about any of the things you're talking about. And they're just like marching and, you know, their guns are blazing and just, but the moms that I'm concerned for are the ones who go, I'd like to do that. Mm. You know, I want to, I want to spend more time with my, I want to smile during Christmas, mm -hmm. you know, what do you say to, again? What do you say to them? Because they're feeling all that they're like, and yeah. maybe it is from Facebook or, you know, social media that people are telling them, Oh, that's okay to make cookies, but you can turn that into math. And they're yeah. like, I, I don't want to turn it into math. I just don't want to, you know, I just want the kids to have fun. And I don't feel like I'm that mom. Well, I would say part of the trouble, at least in my experience, is a lot of moms look at all the other moms and assume that all the moms are doing all of those things, you know, as if there's some um, mm -hmm. master Barbie mom able to handle every single great magical moment that they see on Instagram. No, those are probably 30 different moms doing 30 different things. So you probably can't do all 30 of those things but you might be able to do one of them. And so pick the one thing that you think that you can do and be okay with just doing that one mm. thing. I think back to like Ma Ingalls on the prairie. She didn't have these Pinterest worthy Christmases. Do you know what their Christmas was? An orange at the bottom of a sock. And a penny. And a penny. <laughs> and yet that was so marked <laughs> in Laura's mind that she included it in her book. I think we, we put too much pressure on ourselves and have too many grandiose expectations that are just mm -hmm. not necessary. And if we were to actually take the time to ask our kids what they find special and magical about Christmas, yeah. it would be a whole so lot simpler that. than any lengthy list mm -hmm. we create. Totally. That, well, I mean, we're getting close here to the end and I think this is just awesome. Super, super encouraging. And there's a lot of moms in here commenting uh, things that are definitely along those lines. But where would you like, you know, people want to hear more from you or, uh, you know, want to uh, find more encouragement from Jamie Erickson? Where would you send them and what would you tell them uh, to follow? Yeah, well, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. You can follow me at The Unlikely Homeschool on Facebook and Instagram or head on over to my blog. I'm also the co-host of the Mom to Mom podcast with Kate Battistelli and September McCarthy. And we have new episodes rolling out every other Tuesday. Awesome. And her name's really September. Yes, it is. Because she was born in the month of September. I'm thinking that's a cool <laughs> name. And if I had more kids, I would name him after a month. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's she's got nine kids, so she's almost there if she had thought to name her kids months of the year i know it's just too bad people no 10 kids she's any... got 10 kids i'm sorry september if you're <laughs> she could have had another one by the last time you talked to her <laughs> well jamie thank you so much for joining us um i hope you have a wonderful christmas and uh uh, again i'll probably forget we had this conversation and so we'll do it again in oh I in a minute I'm minute. happy to join you in a hot minute. In a hot minute. Okay. Man, who knew? <laughs> that was the sticking point. <laughs> oh, man.
Are you Thanks gonna close for having it out, me, Todd. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to close it out. Well, mom, you know, like uh, Jamie said, and like, as we were talking, um, it really is a, a conscious effort to choose what you want to your kids to remember. Um, and, you know, this is a good time to do some of those things. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not throwing out an entire month of school. Maybe it's just tomorrow. You know, maybe tomorrow you decide we're going to add this one fun thing, you know, uh, we're going to bake cookies or we're going to make, you know, paper, a paper loop chain. And then we're going to take something else out that day. You know, so maybe it's something, maybe you're not going to do math tomorrow and your kids are going to be fine and you're going to be fine and you're going to smile because that's what we want you to do. Well, have a great week. We'll see you next week. And when, when it's only like seven days away from Christmas and uh, don't forget to smile. Thanks for listening to another episode. Again, if you enjoyed what Jamie had to say, we would encourage you to head on over to her website and to pick up her book. I also hope that you have a wonderful Christmas season with your family. And lastly, I want to say thank you to Team Textbooks for sponsoring this Mayan Homeschooler podcast. Go check out their new demo for version 4.0 of their curriculum over on their website, teamtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling. <laughs>